who's heard the quote and, uh, that, that says, your ego is writing checks that your body can't cash? Has anyone heard that quote? Your ego is writing checks that your body can't cash. Come on. Where's all the 80s people? Yeah, you got it? Do you know what movie it's from? Who said that? It is Top Gun. Well done, Sarah. He did have an ego. Yeah. And I just thought I'd give Top Gun a bit of a nod because the new movie's coming out. I'm not getting any kickbacks from that. But what if we change that and we say your faith is writing checks that your body can't cash? Because that's the thing about faith. It's got nothing to do with our ability. It's got nothing to do with our strength or our skills or our talents. We, our faith, should actually be writing checks that our body can't cash. Writing checks that his body can cash. Matthew 19, 26, you might all know it, it talks about that, the fact that with man this is not possible, but with God, all things are possible. And I know you've probably heard it many times that it doesn't say some things, it says all things. It doesn't say certain things, it says all things. Nothing is impossible with God. I want to challenge you a little bit today and I want you to just have a little, think about your life, have a little bit of look of your life and think how much could this be happening without God? How much of my life could be happening if, you know, God wasn't part of it? Of course, we're humans and so we live our lives. But if God wasn't there, do you know some of our stories, and I know it's mine, is that if it wasn't for God, oh my goodness, I would be an absolute mess. Like seriously, sometimes I read people's stories. I love reading stories about people's lives. Sometimes I read their stories and they're sad and broken and I think, you know what, that could have been me. But God stepped in. But I'm not just talking about that. Obviously, God steps into our life and he makes an impact. But then do we just go into maintenance mode then? And we're like, we got it from here, God, I'll just look after things. I'll just live out this life. And of course, we use the principles, absolutely. We read the Bible and we say there's principles to live by here and I'm going to apply them and that is fantastic. But there is a dynamic of power that is also available to us. And I agree with Lauren, wherever you are, that Easter... I don't want to rush on too quickly from Easter because it wasn't just a great holiday, great few days off, got some jobs done around the house. It was actually an impactful time that changed the world, changed our lives and can continue to change the world and our lives every day. And I don't want to rush on from Easter. We don't want to live in maintenance mode. We don't want to just live by principles. We want to live in the power. You know, William Booth, just just for a little insight into my life, I just turned to Sam before and said, was William Booth the guy from the Salvation Army? Because I wanted to tell you the right thing. I don't want to be telling you whoppers. And he just goes, I don't know, but John Wilkes Booth killed Abraham Lincoln. 
say how unhelpful that was to me. Now I know, and now you know also. So William Booth, who did, was actually from the Salvation Army, he does this fantastic quote, but the beginning of that quote is the chief danger that confronts the coming century. Have you heard this quote? Is religion without the Holy Ghost. And I know that we can sometimes get comfortable and say, well, you know, we love, we love the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, but do we live with him? Do we, you know, you know, do we? You know, there's this great book, and I've got um, Joel to get a picture of it. And maybe he didn't. <laughs> but it's by Craig Rochelle. You may have heard of him. He's an American pastor. He uh, wrote a book, and it's called Any Moment Now. It's called Christian Atheist. And you may think, what a weird title for a book. Hey, there he is. Welcome, Joel. Um, and I've read this book. It's a very good book. But you may be wondering what a Christian atheist is, and that is someone who believes in God but lives as though he doesn't exist. And we don't want to be that. And you know what? When I read this book, I saw myself in the book. Yep, it was one of those books. But interestingly, at the same time as I was reading that book, we were on holidays in Port Macquarie, and something happened to our, one of our cars. Don't say. <laughs> I kind of have to because... Right. Anyway, so someone, our car, um, our Chrysler is a diesel car, and, and someone may or may not have put petrol in our diesel car. And I was at home reading this book. I, I can't recall the event. I can't say who it was. Anyway, the, uh, the car kind of home, like got back to where we were staying, and uh, we realised what had happened, and we realised that the car was in big trouble. And you guys were laughing before, so you obviously understand big trouble for your diesel engine if you put petrol in it. So, Mark does what he does. He hops on the phone to the insurance company because we think we've killed our car because that's usually what happens. Anyway, he's on the phone and the insurance company is telling Mark that it, we're not covered because of a whole bunch of other reasons. And he was getting stressed out and the guy was talking to his manager or whatever and Mark was getting stressed out. And I was reading this book. I wasn't actually reading it while he was stressed, but I had read it previously or recently. And I just kind of went, well, here's an opportunity for me to stop being a Christian atheist and actually ask God to step into this situation. So I started to pray and he got cut off. But the phone call got cut off. And so he got frustrated, obviously. And he called them back. But he just happened to get a different operator who said, oh yeah, of course, that's all covered under your insurance. I'll just sign it all up now. And I'm just like, all right, this is a bit freaky. I think that this like praying thing works. I, I seriously do. And I should not be so shocked. <coughs> Anyway, do you know, actually, I'll just share another quick story. Not about me? Not about okay. <laughs> you. You were nowhere to be found. So anyway, I work on this machine at work, and um, 
it was not working and I had this order I had to get out and there was no other solution. And so I rang the tech guy and um, he just said, oh, look, I'm under the pump, I can't get there for five weeks. And I'm like, I said, oh, I haven't got five weeks, I've got to get this job out, blah, 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 you know, and he just said, there's nothing I can do, sorry, good luck, kind of thing. And I hung up and I just stared at this, <laughs> this machine, I just went, do you know what, God? I, I've got, no, like, this has to, like, you, hello, like, need to do something because there's just, this is just a hopeless situation, like, like, we have a customer, they want this gear, I can't wait five weeks for the machine to get fixed, all of that. Anyway, the phone rings, and it's the tech guy again, and he goes, there is one thing you could try. <coughs> anyway, he just talks me through this very tiny little job, got my little trusty nail file out, and fixed it. And he hasn't even been still, and the machine's running like a dream. But I was so excited, I ran out to tell my boss, he goes to Hope you see, and I just went, just gotta tell you this, gotta tell you, you know, because I'm so excited that when we actually get God in the situation, he shows up. And I was having a great chat with Pat Hawley this week. She's an amazing woman. Was it this week? Last week, sometime. Anyway, and I just, we were just both sharing that this in this season, I don't know if you guys can feel it, but God not only wants to show up, he wants to show off. He is actually hanging out for us to pray prayers and actually ask him for things that, oh my goodness, like, did, that, did I just say that out loud kind of prayers? I really think that this is the season that we're in and we need to grab a hold of it. So anyway, that book's really good. And so is God. This week I was listening to a message by Havala Cunnington. Have you heard of her? I just think her name is so funny. It makes me laugh. Anyway, she's a very good Bible teacher. She was talking about uh, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And just something that she said made me go, oh, yeah. Like, God says, Moses, lead my people out of Egypt. Get them out of slavery. Get them free. And so he does. Like, God helps him. Big miracle. Get out into the desert. And then the children of Israel go, has he brought us out here just to knock us off? You see, God does amazing things in us, but when we, when we don't understand his character, we think that he's not looking out for our best. But why would he go to all that trouble of setting us free and not actually walk with us in that freedom and not actually be with us? And, and like hand in hand in the freedom, like journey with us. He would, that'd be silly. And God's not silly. Sometimes, because I, look, understandably, okay, like the children of Israel, we're supposed to relate to them. They do sound like a bunch of whingers, but really, they can, you can identify as well, can't you, sometimes with how they behave. And you've got to think that it would have been very scary even walking through the Red Sea, okay? And then you get into the desert, 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 either one, <laughs> both bad. And, um, not really. Yeah, so the army's chasing them. Like, there was a lot of things for them to get their eyes on and to start to be afraid of. And sometimes our fear can contain us. 
A fear helps us want to control things and do it ourselves. But that's not, like, why would we do it ourselves? Have you ever heard anyone say, I will go anywhere but Africa? And then, like, other people say, don't say that because that's where God will send you. Like, like, what is that? That's like saying the thing you don't want to do, God's going to make you do just because. But actually, Africa could be the best thing that ever happened to you. But we don't see it because we are just human. We are simple, beautiful, amazing humans. But God sees the end. He sees the end game. And you know what? Sometimes I've been in circumstances, and I'm sure you have too, that you have not wanted to be in. Not by any stretch of the imagination have you wanted to be in it. And yet when you got to the other side, you look back and you're so thankful that you went through it. Is it just me? But see, if we don't trust God and follow him, we don't find out who he is for us and also who we are. Like that's important. We need to know who we are in him. I've got a little uh, prop, of course. I need you to know something. I don't think of a prop and then build a message around it, okay? I'm just getting ready a message and then a prop just appears. So I just go with it. I'm just, I always have a prop, Eva, that's why I'm saying that. Okay, so Phoebe is going to be my assistant. So come up, Phoebe. And I'm going to read a little verse from the Bible and then Phoebe's going to show you. But listen, don't point that at me. And we're going to go that way. Point into that soft ball there. But don't do anything yet. Okay. So, so funny, this is Noah's bow. And, and he, we got it out this morning and Noah says to me, did you bring the suction cup arrows or the other one? I went, oh, the other one. We probably should have bought the suction cup one. But never mind. Makes it like more real, more authentic. Two Kings, chapter 13. You guys may have heard this story. It's about Elisha. And he says to the king, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hands on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window. Don't open this. And he opened it. And then he said, shoot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. So Phoebe's just going to show you. Thanks, Sam. Just put it on and like you're going to shoot it. Don't shoot but don't shoot it. Don't. Just, just keep your eye open there. All right. Uh, actually, can you do it? Can you do it facing the other way so we can see your hands? Yeah, get the face on top. Who's is that? Is that Niels? Okay, so this is just so you can see what she's doing, okay? So draw back. Don't let go, please. All right. You right? Comfortable? All right. Now, Noah, he's going to be Elisha. So Phoebe's the king. Noah's Elisha. Please don't hurt anyone. Oh, look at that. See that? That'll do just to scare you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. So did you see the difference? I had much more confidence in that arrow going to go further and likely more accurately when Noah's hands were on. Phoebe still had to draw the bow, okay? 
but when Noah's hands, and this is a, this is a, Noah's life, not that special, okay, but it's a picture, <laughs> but it's a picture of God and us, okay, our partnership. I just didn't want, you know, he doesn't need an ego boost. He's doing fine. <laughs> I love you. Do you know? Do you know? I just got to tell you something. I think that it's a little bit of a thing this morning for someone here. I just got to tell you, we, we do love our kids, and sometimes when they, which is good, but um, sometimes when they do something, like they do a lot of great things. But this morning was the first time. I don't know if you guys know that that Noah played saxophone in church. And see, we listen to him all the time at home. And so does the rest of our street. Because um, it's not a quiet instrument. But just when he was playing, I got teary. Because it's just, it's just really good to see your kids doing what they're meant to be doing. And I just was reminded, I felt the Holy Spirit to say, this is, this is our Father God when he's looking at us and we are living in that space that we're meant to be in. When we're drawing back the bow and when his hands are on it and we're... We get to fire it. Like, like Elisha says, open the window and shoot it out there and see the deliverance of the Lord. The king got to shoot the arrow. We get to be a part of this amazing walk and this amazing journey, but we don't need to do it just ourselves, just with the principles. We want to do it also with the power. Sound like a good idea? Great idea. Do you know this morning... It's funny that God just reminds you of things and I don't even know, I can't even see where I'm meant to put it in my message. But I've just got to tell you that sometimes God, this might happen to some of you, okay? And I don't want you to feel like a freak if it happens to you. But sometimes, every time I look at the clock, it says 11, 11. Does that happen? Anyone else? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, 11, 11. It's not 11, 11 now. It's only 10, 30. But... It happens all the time. And then when you go to the supermarket, you buy some groceries just a little bit, and it turns out to be $11.11. Does that not happen to you? Yeah, no, I've got, I see some nods. All right, we're not the only crazy person. Phoebe's just telling me she wakes up at 11.11. Oh, 7.11. Yeah, I think that's you wanting a slice of That is not the word of the Lord. But I've got to tell you what happens when that happens to us. We pay attention. Because you know how tricky it is for God to orchestrate us every time we're looking at a clock, every time we're going to the shops. He's got our attention. And what we used to do is look up all the scriptures in the Bible that were chapter 11, verse 11. And there's not a lot of them. Like you think there is, but not a lot of books have 11 chapters. So it's a quick little exercise. But we were just like, this is happening too often. You must be trying to say something to us, God. And so we would start looking, and lo and behold, we'd find a scripture that would just go boom, and we'd go, wow, that's really cool. And so now, when we keep seeing 11.11, we don't go look up the scriptures, but we actually say, all right, you've got our attention. What are you wanting to say? What are you wanting to do? What do you want us to lean into right now? And so I want to encourage you, if you're getting 11-11s, and I did hear a great testimony, LB 
Fanny, if you haven't met her yet, she's worth meeting. She gave us this little, um, it was like a testimony of Larry Sparks, some of you may have heard him, he spoke here once. And he talked about 11-11 and I was jumping out of one, like, ah, that's so cool, I'm not the only crazy person. But obviously not, there's a few of you here. But I, all, I said all of that to say, this morning, Sarah, we just were saying hello, and Sarah McCutcheon was telling me a story about her sister who's just had another baby. Oh, hi, Sarah. And she said she went into labour at 11.11. And I just went, oh. And I probably got really distracted then, but she did also say she had the baby at 11.55. That's a fast baby. <laughs> We won't ask about all the things that happened to her poor body because of that. But, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, 1111. It just reminded me, it just reminded me that God is wanting to speak to you. And he might not use 1111 for you, but he is trying to get your attention because he's saying, hey, lean this way. Hey, ask me for that. Hey, I care about that. Let's do this together. Let's get the bow going together because he wants in. He wants in on this, like, yeah. all the time. Not just that one time where he paid the price for everything, but all the time. So, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and I'm reading this in the message, and it says, So here's what I want you to do. With God helping you, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. You know that whole verse, I just had this burp sitting there and I thought, it's going to come out on the microphone. But it didn't, so thank you, Jesus. So number one is, I want to tell you, number one is fight the fear. Because we always let fear dictate to us. You know, like someone's at work and they've hurt themselves. Oh, No, I couldn't do that. What would they think of me? I'm going to read this because I don't think We've got to fight the fear. It is, like, it's actually very sneaky how it, how it just insipidly gets into our world. And before we know it, we're letting fear make decisions. And we tend to try and sort out our circumstances so they're neat and other people so that they're not messy. And we, we kind of like to contain things because of fear when actually we don't need to fear. Isaiah tells us, and I love this scripture, there's so many good scriptures about fear, I've got to tell you. But I tell you what, he always says not to. And I think that's because we do. Because if he was saying, don't sit down, that would be because we are sitting down. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you getting it there? But he's saying fear not because we do, or because we are, and we need not to. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. 
Is that not a beautiful picture of God? Like that's intimate when he, he's coming and he's taking hold of your right hand and saying, do not fear, I will help you. There's a lot of scriptures on fear, as I said, and they cover everything. Like even if the earth is doing its thing, like if the earth is shaking and the seas are roaring and like you think that's out of control, there's no way we can control what the earth is doing. And he's saying, don't fear that. It's all good. We don't have to fear death. We definitely don't have to fear man. So number one, fight the fear. Number two, protect your peace. He gave us peace. Like, he said that. I'm giving it to you. I'm leaving it with you. You're in charge of the peace. Protect your peace. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, you guys can probably all quote it for me. It's the be anxious for nothing in all things by prayer and supplication but let me just read it for you in the message it says don't fret or worry instead of worrying pray let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers letting God know your concerns before you know it a sense of God's wholeness everything coming together for good will come and settle you down it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life that's a pretty good word right there so fight the fear and protect your peace. And number three is pray the prayers. Do you know that 100% of unprayed prayers go unanswered? <laughs> because a lot of people say, I want to pray, but what if it doesn't work? Well, you've got more chance of it working if you pray than if you don't. I've got another car story. Do you want to hear it? wasn't Mark's fault this time. <laughs> oh, did I say that? Did they know it was you? Uh, I forgive you. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, so this same car, um, we, don't, we didn't need it anymore. Our beloved Chrysler, I really loved that car. But it was getting to the end of its usefulness. Um, and we thought, we'll sell it, we need to get another car. We probably want like five or six thousand. I'm going to use numbers. I'm sorry if that's offensive to anyone, but I need to use the numbers to illustrate it. We were hoping for like five or six thousand dollars. And then Mark talked to a car yard and they said they'd give us two. Don't you love car yards? <laughs> um, so then there was a few things wrong with it. The, the, the uh, transmission was a bit clunky and, you know, so we had a guy come, we put it for sale, we had a guy come, he had a driver to drive it and went, no, it needs a bit of work and Mark was like, talk me down. <laughs> Which if you know him, that's a miracle in itself. <laughs> they obviously know you, Mark. <laughs> anyway, so then he's like, oh, what are we gonna do? And we kind of got a few bites, but not really anything. And then the Welsh plug started leaking. Do you know what that is anyway? Me either, but it's bad. It's an engine, something in the engine starts leaking. And so Mark's like, let's just take it to the car yard and hopefully they'll give us a thousand dollars for it. And I was like, no, no. We want more money for that because we need to get another car, for goodness sake. And so I was like, he was really done because he was trying to fix it as well. He was putting that stuff in it that makes it sticky. I don't know what it is. And it was still leaking. And then we had this guy from Sydney who said, we'll give you three 
I'll give you three for it, and I'll come up this afternoon. And Mark says to him, it won't get back to Sydney. <laughs> and I'm like, stop talking. <laughs> But he didn't end up coming up from Sydney because Mark was very honest with him. He even videoed what was wrong with the car and showed him the video. Anyway, then he gets this other guy who has answered the ad for what six, seven we had it on for. And um, Mark was saying, oh, I'll just take, I don't know what he was, he was dropping his price anyway. And I said, wait, don't drop it before he even gets here. <laughs> just wait. Anyway, this guy comes and doesn't, he gets in it and starts it in the driveway, doesn't drive it anywhere, absolutely loves it, and paid $6,000 for it. And then Mark's brother, who's a mechanic, he said, get him to sign the receipt that says sold as is, because <laughs> you don't want that coming back to you. He texts us on his way home saying, drive like a dream. <laughs> We're like, seriously, it like, should not have happened that way is what I'm saying in case you're not getting the picture of it. It should not have happened that way. And even like, Eva, you were there. We were counting the money in the kitchen. And I just went, oh, he's given us too much money. He's actually paid 6,000. I goes, yeah. And I'm like, do we need to give some back to him? Like, it just was like, I just was not accepting that the $1,000 from the car yard. Even though all the circumstances, including the car, was dying. I'm like, no, and then it's a blessing to this poor man that has it now. Anyway, well, he was loving it. So we, and we told him everything that was wrong. Like, we did, Mark did the right thing. So pray the prayers. I actually feel like, I didn't actually plan this at the start, but I just feel like if you do have any car issues this morning, I'm happy to pray for you, whether it's something that needs to get fixed. <laughs> Something that needs to get fixed, I saw that hand, Hannah, um, or sold or whatever. I pray for you because I have faith for that totally this morning. So what have we got so far? Fight the fear. Fight the fear, protect your peace and pray the prayers. Like seriously pray them. I'm not kidding. When I was having that chat with Pat, I feel like he is wanting to do some really amazing miracles for us. I think he always wants to. But I think particularly now is the time to be praying those things that you feel silly even asking for them. But it's childlike faith, isn't it? It's be a kid. And do you know what else? How long have I got? Just keep going. All right. Start, start walking out. Sam. Oh, when they start, two people left. Um, Sam. <laughs> Sam's guess is going to come up. You need me to play you up? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's got a look. It's not exit music. Okay. okay, Sam's just going to play because I really just felt this morning. Do you know what we do after church is we kind of think, oh, I might respond or I might not respond or I might just go home and I'll just do it at home and then you don't. Oh. And don't think I know because I come home with you, you know. It's because I've done that many, many times. So, I'm going to tell you, when I say pray the prayers, like even, even text them or email them. 
because that means that you've prayed it, but they've also heard it. And it's important that people hear what you're praying for them if, if it's to pray for someone else. It's important for them to hear it. It's important for you to say it. And I, just being honest, I forget. Like someone might ask me to pray for them and I'll remember like two months after the event has happened. And so I do that. I text pray, I messenger pray, I email pray because I'm saying it and they're hearing it and that's important. God wants to show up and show off. So I've been um, listening to some stuff recently and just talking about us sitting, sitting with God and just sitting with him and letting him speak to us and letting him just, you know, maybe even what that scripture said in Isaiah, he's going to come and sit with you and maybe hold your right hand and sit with you. And I really felt this morning that God wants to heal some disappointment for people. Because when we get disappointed, we can reflect that onto God's character. It didn't turn out how I thought it would. I prayed and the thing I was praying for kind of came out a different way. And we get disappointed, but God still answered and we maybe didn't see it the way that we thought it was going to happen. But he definitely hears our prayers. And sometimes disappointment can sit with us and can just tell us that he's not out for our best interests. So is. He would not set us free from Egypt, do the miraculous to get us out of there, and then bring us to a place that is going to kill us. So I want you to, if you're comfortable, close your eyes. I really, I really want you to not think like anyone else is in the room. If you've got little kids with you, pray over them while we're having this time because it works for kids as well. But I just want you to just talk with God, just, just incline your ear to him. If you need to, you can see him sitting with you and holding your right hand. Because he's saying you don't need to be afraid. And he's actually wanting you to hand over your disappointment. I don't believe that God will take anything away from you but you can hand it over to him. Whatever it is, a small thing or a huge thing that you haven't even wanted to look at, it's so huge.